one of the things I wanted to accomplish with this was to have an event that's a boost for the local economy in a time when there's not people here. Welcome to Appalachian Startup, stories of new ideas that eventually became thriving businesses in areas that most would consider a bad investment. I'm J.D. Belcher, and I started this podcast because I took the same path as a lot of these folks. I'm a former coal miner, and now I make films through my own production company called JJN Multimedia. I wanted to hear others speak of their journey to not only give new beginners hope, but to help me grow as a fellow entrepreneur. Bryant Baker is part river guide, part ultra marathon enthusiast, and a full-time lover of all things Appalachia. What started as an idea as simple as, hey, why doesn't West Virginia have a 100-mile trail race? eventually turned into the Rim to River, a 100-mile ultramarathon trail race through America's newest national park, the New River Gorge. We spoke about the business fundamentals and determination that it takes to pull something like this off and also get into how many folks are actually able to finish the race, which just wrapped up its second official year. Enjoy. I first came to New River Gorge um, in 2003. Um, came up and got into rafting, um, trained as a river guide and, uh, and just fell in love with the place. Um, had never been here before. Um, didn't really have any, uh, specific reason for coming. I was kind of just trying to get away from some stuff and, um, just kind of a series of mistakes and mishaps and, and life happening, um, and kind of trying to get out of some situations and found myself here. Um, and kind of changed my life um so yeah awesome how long was you a raft guide um i've been guiding commercially for uh this will be my 20th season okay so you're still guiding yeah cool uh do you do that for uh for yourself or do you do that uh through a company like ace or adventure yeah i work for an outfitter i work for ace adventure resort um I, i trained with ace um in 2003 and um have been guiding for them for a number of years um spent some time traveling and, and out west so like probably had a, a stint of you know four or five years where we were i was guiding in um southeast utah and in, in grand canyon a little bit and um kind of bounced around a little bit here and there um and then i guess it's going on four years ago my wife and i moved back here uh full time um to to kind of set some roots and, and settle in and raise our kids here and um and so i took a management position with ace i'm their river operations manager now very cool. And okay, so are you a runner too? Have you always been into that? I am. I have I was not always into it. Um I uh kind of long backstory. Uh in 2010, my wife and I threw hiked the Appalachian Trail. And um amazing experience. Um after getting through that, um I remember it was, you know, a couple months afterwards and there was a marathon happening. Um, where we were living and i just remember thinking like man if i if i can hike 20 30 miles a day with a full pack there's no reason i should be able to run a marathon um and so i i entered it and, and did it and it was a cool experience um i enjoyed it i ended up doing a couple marathons and then after that never really thought anything of it again um and then really kind of here got into um just trail running um and being out in the gorge and it kind of turned into just another way for me to experience the gorge, not on the river. 
Um, like I spent so much time out there on the river. And so to get to know this place, um, from another perspective and from the trails and kind of feeling the terrain, um, I just really fell in love with trail running. And to clarify, you hiked the entire Appalachian trail. Like we, how long is it? We did, we did a, a through hike. So it's, it's a, a little over or a little less than 2,200 miles. Um, it took us, uh, 145 days. Um, so we spent like a spring and a summer doing that 2010. How do you prepare for something like that? Uh, I mean, there's a like logistic stuff you, you kind of figure out, you kind of prepackage some, some food drops or this kind of stuff beforehand. Um, but a lot of it's really just learning as you go, just getting out there and just kind of figuring things out and, um, uh, kind of fine tuning your, your kid of what you're carrying and just getting into that rhythm of, of moving every single day. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool experience. I would highly recommend it to anybody who's, who's considering it. And ultra marathon running, when did this start developing? Like, what is it for someone who may not know? So, I mean, the basic definition an ultra marathon is anything longer than a marathon. Um, typically it's going to be like a 50 K distance, like a 31 mile race. Um, but yeah, ultra marathons are, um, I mean, they're not necessarily new. Um, especially like hundred, hundred mile races. Um, the first hundred miler, uh, in the United States was, it's called Western States, a, a really well-known race. Um, this was in the seventies, I believe, um, late sixties, early seventies when it started. Um, and so it's, it's definitely something that within the last, I'd say eight to 10 years has kind of blown up, um, where more and more people are getting interested. Um, there's, there's more and more races happening. Um, in the hundred mile distance, the, the hundred K, the 50 K, that kind of stuff. Um, and the nice thing about ultras is they're typically, uh, typically all on, on trails. So have you yourself competed in ultra marathon races? Sure. I've done a few. Um, I got in, got into running ultras. Um, I randomly met, um, a guy who's a really good friend of mine now, got Boog Farrell, um, met him at a wedding after I'd run that marathon we're talking and he's, uh, uh, an accomplished ultra marathoner. Um, and we're talking and kind of talking about running and different races he's done. And I had been considering maybe jumping into a hundred K or trying that out. And, um, he tells me, uh, Hey, if you, if you can run a marathon, you can run an ultra marathon. Like if you can run a marathon, you can run a hundred miles. Um, physically you're able, um, the difference then shifts to what can you handle mentally? Um, and to me, like I, I enjoy pushing myself physically and I love, um, you know, just kind of seeing what my, what my body can do. Um, but the real appeal for me is that mental side of it where you have to begin to, uh, have your mind kind of overpower your body because your body's going to want to just quit. Um, and, and that mental toughness aspect and just kind of, um, having to having to figure things out having to rely on yourself um it's just super appealing to me how much does nutrition come into play too like when you start crossing that 26 miles sure and, yeah. yeah it's huge um and there's different um different approaches different different styles you know people people like certain things people like other people like other things um but yeah fine tuning your nutrition um you know, you have to be, you have to intake calories, um, when you're moving for that long. Um, 
staying on top of your hydration, that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a wide range of, there's, you know, the gels and the, the prepackaged stuff to, to just like basic, like peanut butter and jelly. Like that's my go-to It's <laughs> like good old peanut butter and jelly. Um, you know, a big, a big hit in the races, like things like quesadillas, like things that are just kind of dense, um, high calorie, high fat. Um, so yeah, that, that's a whole other aspect of it too, is kind of dialing in that nutrition factor. Right. And okay. So you're, you know, floating down the river, I imagine one day and it occurs to you like, Hey, I bet we could do a race here. Like how did, how did that concept of rim to river first develop? And how did you figure out that you could pull it off? Uh, <laughs> I figured out I could pull it off when it pulled off. <laughs> like I was kind of not sure until it actually happened. Um, no, yeah. Uh, so yeah, a lot of it was like, was going down the river, being out in the gorge. And, um, you know, as a guide, like one of the things, one of my big passions is, you know, being able to facilitate an experience for someone. So we have, you know, we have these guests that come in from all over the country, all over the world. And I get to, you know, I get to take them to a place that otherwise they probably wouldn't get to go see on their own um, because I have a certain skill set, right? So I can, I can take them down the river and show them this, this amazing time. And so facilitating experiences in the New River Gorge is just like something I'm super passionate about. And so then as I got into trail running and was running more, we got back from the AT, um, kind of doing stuff here and I start kind of doing longer runs and kind of connecting different routes in the gorge. And you know, I knew about these hundred mile races and I knew West Virginia didn't have a hundred mile race. Um, and I just kind of, this thought was just always in my head, like, man, why do we not have this amazing world-class ultra marathon here? Um, because we've got the, we've got the landscape for it. We've got the setup for it. And so you know, it was a, it was a long, probably it was like a, you know, 10 year, just this thought dream, um, kind of that I had in the back of my head. And I started piecing together routes and kind of figuring out, okay, well, if I was going to do this, like, where would it go? And, you know, I'd want to link up all these really cool spots in the gorge and kind of, um, kind of showcase like the best of the New River Gorge. And so it was really just like a pipe dream for a long time. It's something I'd kick around and talk about with my wife. And, um, not, I didn't really tell too many people about it. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, you just kind of move forward and it just kind of becomes this thing where it's like, man, this ha this kind of has to happen. Um, there's no reason for it not to. Um, and you know, the, the scariest part is that initial, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to go for it. Um, and kind of, and kind of see what we can do. Walk me through the layout. Like how does it stretch out to be, it's a hundred miles, right? Sure. So uh the, the basis of it, it it starts um it's an out and back format so it starts and finishes at ace adventure resort um we start there at ace um kind of in that main parking lot you do a bunch of the trails on the ace property um ace has a 1400 acre piece of property beautiful trails awesome stuff out there and then it all ties into the gorge and so you drop down into the gorge um you go up to thurman to the historic town of thurman um, there's an aid station there. And then from there you head downstream, um, kind of towards the bridge. Um, you make your way, you know, connecting all these different trails, some down by the river, some up on the rim, um, make your way all the way down towards Fayette station. And then you go underneath river gorge bridge and then you head all the way up to Anstead. Um, and when you get to Anstead, that's kind of your turnaround point. So that's mile 50. 
Um, and you turn around and make your way back. And it's, and it's an out and back. There's a couple different sections that change. Like you do some different, a different way on the way out and different way on the way back. Um, but the majority of it's um, the same trails you're hitting up. And you have the race during essentially peak foliage. Was that planned? Or uh, it's right yes. at the end of it. Yeah. For, yes and no. Um, I wasn't necessarily going for peak foliage. I was going for, um, you know, with with being in the outdoor industry, like from, you know, Memorial Day through the end of October, there's tons of people here. Um, there's stuff going on every weekend. There's tons of people here for rafting. And so one of the things I wanted to accomplish with this was to have an event that's a boost for the local economy in a time when there's not people here. So to have a weekend that's typically dead in New River Gorge and have this big influx of people. Um, and so we, we decided on the first, first Saturday in November um, where you still get, you still get awesome, you know, leaf colors. Um, but you have a, you have the majority of the leaves have dropped, which I kind of like because you get these epic views that you don't usually, you wouldn't get like in the summertime. Um, and then, um, yeah. And the, the biggest thing was wanting to be in that shoulder season. Right. And golly season, you know, is obviously insanely packed with tourists, correct? Sure. Um, so in the, uh, you know, after you have your route, like, oh, okay, I think this will work. I don't know if you ran it and practiced it or kind of tried it out. What else do you got to kind of lay out before you open like registration <laughs> and say, okay, we're, we're officially ready. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, the, the route itself was, you know, making it, um, something that may, that makes sense the way you're traveling. Um, you don't want it to be like too overly contrived. Um, you don't want things like crossing back on themselves, that kind of stuff. Um, trying to incorporate like all the different, you know, the, the highlights, like the places I love to run, um, the, the sites I want people to see. And then, um, you know, you want it to be hard. I mean, running hundred miles is hard regardless. Um, but you want it to be a tough thing. Um, and so kind of figuring out the route and the specifics of the route was a big part of it. And then after that, you know, it becomes, okay, we gotta, we gotta market this thing. We've got to get permits for this thing. Um, and then kind of going down that rabbit hole of all the, all the prep work. Um, you know, there was a lot, this was, this, this didn't exist before. So even just getting the word out about it, um, was, was a task and me not being in the, you know, race director, um, ultra marathon scene really like my name wasn't out there at all. Um, so that was kind of a big thing, like having to introduce myself as, you know, Hey, like we're, we're putting this race on. It's legit. It's going to be awesome. Um, and kind of stepping into that role was, um, is intimidating for sure. Um, tumbling. Um, but you know, when like I believed in what we had, um, I believed in what this place could, could offer as far as that experience. Um, and then just knowing the type of community that we have, like the, this community is really good at, um, at showcasing the place we love. Like we live here. A lot of people in the outdoor community live here because we want to be 
here. We want to be spending our time in this gorge um, ourselves with our kids. And so we like sharing with people and, and we do a good job of sharing this place with, with people who come to visit. And so, you know, that was a big part of it too, is getting local groups, local businesses involved in, in the race and making it an entire community event, not just, um, you know, this can't just be a one, one person's not going to put this thing on. So it's a big collaboration. For sure. For sure. Yeah. We've got, um, tons of local businesses, um, local groups, nonprofits, um, high school, you know, high school kids, every, teachers, all kinds of people coming in to help out. That's great. Did you have people like fellow runners that you would consult with and kind of cultivate this plan? Like, Hey, you know, what do you think about this? Would this be something you would consider difficult or like, how did you, how did you collaborate in the early days? Um, I, I didn't really, as far as the route or like the race itself, like running's been a super, um, it's always been like a super private thing for me. Like I, I typically run by myself. It's my time to get out, um, to get out and just, um, kind of meditate, pray, be out in nature. And so I spent a lot of my time running solo. Um, and so a lot of this was just kind of put together during that time. Um, and I never really, I wasn't ever, ever worried about the, the course itself. Like I knew, and the, the gorge is, amazing like i knew it would speak for itself it would it would handle itself um the advice stuff started coming in with the like all the prep work like the race directing like i'm, I'm i was not a race director um and so reaching out to other race directors that i you know greatly respect um getting advice from them um local community members who've put on events um you know getting advice from them on how to set things up how to do different things did they kind of lay out groundwork like, okay, well, you need this many stations, you need this many EMTs or like, did they walk you through that on like the, the, the details and the logistics of it all? Yeah, there was some of that for sure. Um, we reached out, my wife and I reached out to like other race directors throughout the country who put on, you know, like hundred miles, similar distance races, just kind of see what they're doing, um, with, with aid stations and, and resupply points or like medical assistance, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, we got, we were kind of taking advice from, from anywhere. Um, and just kind of piecing that together and and figuring out how it would fit here. Do you have to have some type of, you know, running background to be able to even enter or is it something that anyone can sign up for or what are the requirements? Uh, I mean, technically anybody could register. Um, there's no, like some races you have to have competed in and a, a certain list of races to even get, even get in or even enter their lottery system. Um, uh, we don't have any kind of specific requirements. Typically, typically people aren't going to sign up for a hundred mile race unless they've done stuff like somewhat similar. Um, but, uh, I kind of like we've had, so we've had two years now of this race and, um, I've had a sizable number of people who this was their first hundred miler. Um, and that's, that's awesome. Like that's partly what I wanted this to be is just another, you know, kind of introduction into outdoor adventure for folks. That's amazing. So you have all this ready and it's, you know, time to promote and say, okay, registration's open. Um, were you surprised in either direction 
of the response? Sure. So, I mean, for, for 2020, our first year, um, yeah, like we opened up registration, uh, at the strike of midnight, New Year's Eve. Um, so we just kind of did that for no real reason other than like, oh, it'd be entertaining. Like, we'll just see what happens. Um, and I think we had 17 people sign up like at midnight, which was blew me away. Like I didn't expect to have anybody register, um, not right away. And so that was pretty, that was pretty cool. And then, um, you know, gained traction and, and people started registering and, and then, you know, March rolls around and COVID hits and, you know, everything shuts down. Um, and race after race after race after race is canceled. And so, um, it was, it was amazing to get to November, um, in 2020 and have rim to river happen. Um, I mean, there was a handful of hundred mile races that got to happen in the entire country. And we were one of them. Um, and so that was really, really cool. Like we did a, a ton of, um, research and looked into how we could kind of change things up to, to deal with COVID issues and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, park service was really good to work with, with that. And, um, you know, my relationship working with the park service through my role as a river manager, you know, was helpful with that kind of knowing protocols and knowing how they're doing things. Um, but yeah, to have not only a hundred mile race happen during 2020, um, but to have the first, <laughs> your first one and West Virginia's first one happen that year was pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and so that, you know, that year, um, we sold out a registration. Um, the race was was amazing. The response was was great from folks, and so then for for twenty twenty one race again we opened registration, um, New Year's Eve at midnight, and the race sold out in thirty two hours. Oh wow! So yeah. when you say sold out, how many do you take? Uh, we have two hundred fifty runners. Two hundred fifty runners in you know a day and a half. Yeah. Wow. So the word's definitely out in the running community of this place for sure yeah the word's definitely spreading um yeah people are loving their experience here um and that was one of the you know one of the things i always wondered about was you know i love i love boating here i love rafting here i love the climbing and the mountain biking like we have world-class stuff here and i just kind of always wondered like why we aren't known as a world-class running destination um, like people should be thinking, oh man, I'm going to go spend a weekend at the new and, and go run. Um, and so, yeah, kind of getting the word out now and that's becoming a thing. Like people are, are realizing like, wow, like this is a destination place to go get some amazing trail running in. Um, and so word's definitely getting out, um, after, you know, this year, we're a couple weeks out from, um, having this year's event and, <laughs> you know word we'll see we'll see how it goes but word on the street is that you know we're going to sell out in probably less than 24 hours this year that'd be that'd be amazing are there things that you took from the first year as opposed to the second year of like how you like improved on things or did you learn a lot during the process for sure um i learned learned a ton still learning just a ton um at this point i've I've only, I've only directed two races, so I've got, you know, tons to figure out and learn still. Um, but yeah, just, uh, you know, I love getting, getting feedback from, 
the runners. Um, and what'd you think about the course? What'd you think about how we marked it, how we flagged it, how we, you know, marked this intersection? What'd you think about the aid stations? How was this? How was that? And so we get tons of feedback from the runners. Um, you know, and, and, you know, some of it you take and you're like, oh, that's, you know, that's great. We'll definitely change that. And then some things, you know, people suggest, you're like, oh, that's not really, that's not what we're going for. Um, but yeah, so definitely kind of tweak some things um, from first year to, to this year's event um, with just kind of the way we had the course laid out, um, some of the, some of the marking, um, markings on the course, um, some things at aid stations that we hadn't thought of the, the year before. So yeah, so it's, it's a constant. Um, learning process and even after this year's race like already getting feedback from runners about things that we all want to do different for next year um right are you planning on expanding on it or changing things every year or you know is it constantly evolving um i mean it'll there'll be like i said it'll constantly be learning growing trying to fine-tune it make it make it better make it better make it better um as far as it changing you know, it's going to be it's going to be a hundred mile event, and it's going to be a, a standalone event um, for for as far as I can see it. Um, we have our permits set through the Park Service, so they give us you know two hundred and fifty participants. Um, so people have asked, well, hey, why don't you offer you know do the hundred miler, but then also offer people can just sign up for the fifty miler, which would be great, but then that just cuts in half our participants who can do the hundred miler, right? Because the the numbers aren't going to change for our for a permit so that's not set by you that's set by the park service correct correct and what is that based on like width of the path or you know yeah, facilities I mean, we, we want to be mindful of how we're impacting the park um so you know it's happening on a on a saturday sunday this park is open to the public you know all the time so we don't want to take over um and kind of impede on other people's experience in the park as well um so just being mindful of that being mindful of you know, the impact at our aid stations, um, at different trailheads, kind of how we're affecting, affecting the park. And that was, you know, like I said, a big reason of why I wanted to have it in a, in a shoulder season. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll keep it at that, you know, at that 250, um, participant and, um, kind of keep Rim to River 100 as a standalone hundred mile event. And then we, we have another, uh, 50 K event coming up in February. It's called the cabin fever 50 K. And so, um, you know, similar idea. I wanted to get people here in the, in the middle of winter. Um, winter has become my favorite time to run in the gorge. Um, there's just something about it. It's super, super rugged. It just kind of feels more rugged than it does in the summertime. Um, all the leaves are gone. Like everything's like stripped away and it's just kind of raw. Um, and the weather's total roll the dice. So, uh, we'll have a 50 K happening in February, the February 19th. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to that one. Well, it, it helps, you know, not in a dead season, but when it, there's not as many tourists around, it helps build that up. But also I think a lot of runners from what I gather anyways, look for that challenge. So running in the winter obviously would be a challenge. Yeah, for sure. Like that's the, that's part of the appeal to that one is, I mean, you're getting to run in the gorge, which is, which is beautiful. But you're totally rolling the dice on the weather. Um, you know, like there could be a foot of snow on the ground. Um, you know, it could temperature could be in the teens or twenties. Um, so just kind of having to deal with those issues um, physically and mentally, like that is the big appeal. 
to these events. When you set all this up, like you have your plan laid out, do you essentially set it up like a small business or like how is it structured? Sure. Yeah. So our, our business, you know, is registered with the state. We're rim to river endurance company. Um, so we're a race company, uh, basically. So we're putting on running events. Um, right now we have those two events. Um, ideally I'd like to have three. I'd like to have the fall, one in the winter and then one like in the, in the early spring kind of in that beginning shoulder season or rafting picks up. Do you sell like retail or like <laughs> clothing? We have, yeah, we have like race, you know, gear that we sell at the races, um, you know, hats and hoodies and that kind of stuff that people like to have. Um, so we have like an, you know, a website with an online store and that kind of stuff. Right. And you think like, okay, well I'll just line a b- bunch of people up and say, okay, run a hundred miles and come back. But financially, how much does it cost to put on a race like this? Like to have all the uh, proper equipment and the proper experience with, you know, uh, uh, health services and everything. How much does it cost? Yeah, I'm still, still figuring that out. Um, so, uh, it's, it's definitely substantial. Um, because, you know, my big thing as, as the race director is I want to deliver like a high quality experience for those runners. Um, and I also want to keep them super safe. Um, and so those two things like providing support for those runners is, you know, is, is my biggest, my biggest thing. And so making sure, you know, we're, we Rim River Endurance Company, we are stocking all the aid stations with, you know, with the food, with the supplies, with the gear, um, making sure they have that stuff. Um, you know, another big thing that we want to, do better with every year is you know we want this race to be something where people feel like they're really you know they're getting a piece of Nuver Gorge right and so like having having prizes and having having stuff that's locally made for them um so like all our all our trophies are are made by local metal workers local woodworkers artisans um we've got um you know local pottery being made for folks um for the runners and so just kind of expanding that every year where, you know, I want the money that's being brought in for this race, I want to reinvest in this community and, and showcase what this community does and has. Um, and so I think it gives, um, yeah, it just gives it a, a certain feel. Um, I think it's something that runners really appreciate. They, they love coming here and getting stuff that's from here. That's great. I'm friends with Anthony Green with the Folkway, and I was at the premiere of Into the Well, which is the full-length documentary they created based on the race. Um, how early on was that in the picture? Did Anthony reach out to you, or how did that come about? Yeah, Anthony Anthony straight up cold called me. Um, yeah, I for, I forget exactly what you know what month it was. Um, yeah, he basically reached out and said he had heard about the race and was really interested in making a documentary about it and kind of telling the story. Um, we just kind of went from there. Um, and man, it was, is really cool experience. Like that dude's super talented. Um, it's really, really cool to, you know, just in, in, in starting this, like there was, there was my wife and that was pretty much it that I knew believed in what we were trying to do. Um, and so to have, to have somebody who I don't even know really step in and say, Hey, not only do I, am I interested in your story? Like I want to tell it. 
for you. Um, that's pretty, pretty empowering. Like, like definitely a boost of confidence. Like, okay, I guess we're, I guess we're on the right track. Um, so it was really cool. Was filming, did he film, <laughs> uh, I imagine quite a bit. Did it become, you know, hard, you know, oh, there's Anthony and Nathan just back in the corner with the camera. Did, did you get used to it pretty quick or? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely weird at first, like having somebody, you know, he would come to our house a lot. He'd follow me around when I was doing setup stuff. And, you know, the, initially like having the camera there, it's just kind of, it's just awkward, you know, for <laughs> right. me. Um, but Anthony's really good at just engaging you and the camera just kind of disappears and it's just, you're just hanging out talking. Um, which is really cool. Like he spent, I mean, tons of time following me around at our house, just interviewing us, talking, doing stuff, getting shots of our family, shots of whatever. Um, which is really cool to see like how dedicated he is to his craft and how, how good he is at it. Um, like there was multiple times I remember pretty sure i said it to him but i thought it thousands of times was as you know i'm getting stuff ready and whatever and he's he's shooting and i'm just thinking to myself man this this guy's way more legit at what he's doing than i am at what i'm doing like i'm just making this stuff as i go but this guy is good so even in race directing you get like kind of imposter syndrome kind of you kind of just like uh you know i'm kind of just winging this but i got to you know, put this mask on that I know exactly what I'm doing. You oh, know? for I mean, I'll, I'll totally <laughs> like not even apologize for like, it's fake it till you make it. It's, um, you know, the main goal was to, was to have this race happen. And so whatever I needed to do to get there, I, I was fine, fine going that route and, um, you know, kind of swallowing your pride and just asking questions, asking for help, telling people, yeah, I don't know. Like I've never done this before but I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, it's awesome. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, uh, you know, and it's, it's interesting how like that, that side of things, the, the race directing kind of organizing side I've, as, as I've done it now for a couple of years, seeing all these parallels to, to running an ultra marathon. Um, like it's very similar, you know, the, the same things you're still, you're still battling with. <clears throat> I don't, you know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Mm -hmm. Um, so just dealing with the unknown and how that's super difficult, but then also like, that's what is appealing because you don't know if it's going to work. You don't know if you're going to be successful and that's where the, the appeal is. Do you prefer one or the other now, <coughs> or is it both kind of just run together? Would you rather just show up and run or do you want to be involved? I'd definitely be way easier just to show up and <laughs> show up and run. Um, you know, I was joking with some of the runners, uh, at this year's race a couple weeks ago, like we got to race morning and it was like, man, finally, like now is my time to rest. Cause I've been suffering for the last couple months and now it's your chance to suffer <laughs> and I get to chill for a bit. Um, and it's, just, it's interesting how like there's so much work on the front end. Um, and then once, once it's go and, and they're taking off from that start line, the momentum's there, like it's happening and you're just kind of making sure things are falling in place and people where they need to be. Um, but at that point, the most of the vast majority of the work is done. Um, it's a lot just on the front end. Is it, do you just sit there and relax and you're kind of like, I'm going to just witness this thing I've made and see how they react to it. And you're kind of, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, you set up a hundred mile racetrack. 
and you just put these, you know, put these people into it and see how they react. I'd, I'd imagine that's pretty cool to watch. And yeah, it, it definitely is. Like it's, it's really, it's really fun to, you know, dur- during the race, like this year, I definitely got to enjoy it more than, than the first year. Um, the first year just felt super chaotic and like, I was just, you know, it was just, it was just, everything was new. And so I had no framework for even how things were going to lay out this year, kind of going into it, knowing just kind of timing for certain things and knowing where I could be and what I could do. And, um, it felt way more, I don't know if relax is the right word. Um, but just way more enjoyable and way more, um, I got to spend way more time out on course, really kind of engaging and, and enjoying those moments with the aid station workers, with the runners at different spots. Um, yeah. And kind of taking in like how people were feeling at different parts of the course. Right. So the first year were were you worried at all? Like, Oh, I hope no one gets hurt or I hope, you know, this or that, like, sounds like you was more present that second year. And yeah, for sure. And it, it I mean, it maybe some, some, some of the, yeah, you, you hope nobody gets hurt. Um, but there's just, there's just so many, um, so many different things that can go wrong or like wheels can fall off or this or that or whatever. And so, yeah, it's just kind of a lot to, to process and kind of make sure everything's still working as it should. Um, and like I said, that first year there was, there was nothing to go off of. So like the race started and then it was like, oh oh God, what have I (laughs) done? Like there's all these people out in the gorge running a hundred miles now. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just life. It's just learning. It's figuring stuff out. It's, um, yeah, putting yourself in new situations and and kind of seeing how to deal with it. Well, and plus the first year you had five cameras running (laughs) around for the documentary and, you know, so it's like, well, you know, uh, this is all going to be documented. So you just want to, want it to go perfect (laughs) when people watch that story and it's an amazing story um what was it like watching the documentary for the first time and kind of like reliving these moments you may have forgot about yeah it was um it was really cool um it was kind of surreal to see yeah to, to see yourself on you know in this film that's like really well made like you know it's a legit full length documentary um, it's just interesting to see, like, you know, I've got young kids, I've got a, a two, four and six year old. And so it's really interesting just to see the clips of them in the documentary from a year ago and just think like, Oh God, they're huge now. Like just how, you know, how quickly kids change. Um, yeah. And just, you know, reminiscing on, you know, man, just remembering like, oh, I remember how I felt like at that point when he's, you know, he's videoing me doing this stuff, like just how in it i was and you know feeling the weight of just all this stuff and um yeah it's really cool um like it's it's pretty awesome to you know like we'll always have that now to look back on Mm -hmm. were there any surprises with the outcome of the race like i know um this year there was actually was there a record broke for sure um so i mean the the first year you know nobody really knew the course that well and and going into it we weren't really sure about some things so like i wouldn't say there was really like big surprises as far as the race itself like with the runners um this year some runners came back um who had ran it the first year with a vengeance and they dialed in their training really well they you know had a better idea of the course 
and had spent more time running here and kind of getting familiar with it. And so, yeah, we had some big time uh, records broke, like the the overall course record, Caleb Bowen. He won the first year. He won again this year. He took like three hours off his time. Oh, wow. Um, so he he finished the race in like 15 hours and 37 minutes. 15 hours? Yeah. Insane. He ran 100 miles in 15 hours. Yeah. Wow. Um, and th- and this isn't just like straight road. Like we're talking trails and uphill, downhill and, you know, oh, horns yeah. and, you know, all the things. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He did that. And then um, the overall women's uh, winner, Holly Ann Swan, she, she was fourth overall. Um, but her time was 19 hours, which is wow, insane. Yeah. And she, she was featured in the documentary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, something like that happens and you're sitting there and they cross the finish line and they're just drained, but in a, in a, I imagine euphoric way, like they're just glad to be done and that they did it. What is that like when you go up to greet them? What do you say? Like, Hey, Great job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how do you approach that? Yeah. I mean, the, the finish line has become like one of my favorite parts of the whole deal. Um, you know, from the, from the first runners to all the way in the afternoon on Sunday, when you're getting to that like 32 hour mark and people are just barely making it under the cutoff. Um, like there's just so much, they've just gone through so much. And so there's all this emotion and just the physical exhaustion kind of on display right there at the finish line. Um, and to get to go and, you know, give people a hug or give them a fist bump and, man, just tell them how proud you are of them. Um, like, I, I'm genuinely, like, like a dad, like, proud of these people when they cross that line. Um, and so it's cool and you, I get to give them their, their belt buckle, which is, like, what you get when you finish. Um, it's just a cool moment, um, you know, to connect with people and, um, yeah, just kind of see, you know, people realizing what they can do. Mm-hmm. And on the contrary, like, have you had to witness people fail? Like, at, you know, someone who's never thought that they would not finish and then they all of a sudden figure out whether it's an injury or whatever it is that they have to quit. Sure. What is that like? Yeah. I mean, every, you know, I think both years we've had right around a 70% finisher rate. Um, so yeah, I mean, dropping out is, is a reality, you know, not making it. Um, like we said earlier, that's part of the appeal is it's not guaranteed. Even if you're in the best shape and you've done a bunch of hundreds before and you have your nutrition dialed in, nothing's guaranteed because anything and everything can happen in that amount of time and in that distance. And so kind of seeing people have to process through through dropping out, you know, and through working so hard for something for, you know, for a year and then still not being able to accomplish that. Um, but it's cool because, you know, there's just because you didn't finish, just because you didn't make it to the hundred mile mark doesn't mean you didn't accomplish something. Um, you know, to me, everybody who steps at the start line, like you've accomplished something. Um, you have put yourself out there and said, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this knowing that you might not make it um that in itself is that's huge that's great and after it's all over like when do you start when does the brain start churning again and planning for next year's event or like you said you're having the second race now like does it ever stop or do you ever take a break 
<laughs> sure. I mean, there's definitely like breaks from doing race stuff, but the my brain is constantly like during during the race, I'm thinking like, oh man, for next year we're gonna we're gonna change this just a touch here, do something different here. Um, so yeah, that's that part's you know that part's exciting to me. It's it's fun to now now that we're becoming more established um, and, and people are seeing what we're doing is to man like let's this thing this thing can and should be top notch um there's no reason for it not to and so kind of fine tuning things and continuing to make it a little bit better a little bit better every year that's obviously working from the increase of response so if that keeps happening i mean sky's the limit um so near last question what would you say to someone who has an idea that's kind of outside the box i mean you know an ultra marathon in west virginia makes sense now but you know it didn't exist before so what does someone need as far as qualities to to make that idea a reality yeah i mean i think of you know with any kind of idea or you know pipe dream or whatever you want to call it um you know you got to just kind of you got to believe in yourself for one thing and you got to be okay with failing. Um, and, you know, that's the biggest thing is just understanding like it's, if you fail, it's not the end of the world. Like you just, you try again. Um, and so kind of, for, for me anyway, like once I can kind of release myself from, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for this. And if it don't work out, it don't work out. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't, it doesn't affect my worth at all. Um, but I'm going to go for it. And, um, you know, just that initial go for it is the hardest part, like putting yourself out there and saying, I'm gonna do this. Um, and you're going to have people who, you know, who, who doubt, you're going to have people who naysay, and there's, there's always way more reasons to not do something than to do it. Um, but if you can find those one or two other people who, you know, who can believe in you, um, you believe in yourself and go for it, you know, it's worth it. Um, like I said, even if, even if it doesn't work out as you thought it might or, or wanted it to, it's still worth it. Cause you're going to learn from it. Um, and you're going to grow as a person just for, just from pushing yourself and putting yourself out there. Great answer. Are there any specific hurdles that come to mind? Like, is there a certain part of this that you weren't expecting that almost, you know, could have stopped the dream that come to mind or what would you say the biggest hurdle was throughout the whole thing? <clears throat> Um, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, def definitely year one. So 2020, I definitely thought COVID was just going to stop us in our tracks. And the, the thing that scared me for that was not, not the fact that it was going to stop the race from happening that year. Um, but more so that it was going to stop the race from happening in its first year, because I knew that was going to take away a bunch of our momentum um and so that was that you know that was scary um i remember i'll never forget i remember getting in the mail our business license from the state i got it out of our mailbox when i got home from ace the day ace shut down because of covid <laughs> so like ace like one of the biggest outdoor industry companies you know in the state shuts down for covid um, like everybody else. And that day I get home and I have a business license. Like, 
congratulations on your new business. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like you just started a business. What the worst time possible. (laughs) Yeah. What a motivating start. Like, all right, this is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, let's see. Last question. Um, have you officially ran the hundred miles yourself? Yes. Yeah. Did that, um, the, uh, the winter before, um, the first race. So I guess it was 2029, the winter of 2019, 2020, um, just to kind of get a final, like map it out on, on a GPS and get a final feel for exactly how it was going to be. Did you keep your time? Uh, yeah, I was like, uh, not fast. I'm not, I'm not a fast runner. I'm a, I'm a run to explore kind of guy. So it was probably 29, 30 hours somewhere around there. Great. And last question. Um, what would you say to someone who's thinking about coming here and running? Why they should do that? Um, come on, bring it. Uh, it's a beautiful place. Um, we've got some amazing, amazing trails, amazing views. Um, yeah, you, you'll love it. Whether you're going to come run a hundred miles or just come run, um, run a few miles on the weekend. Like it's a, it's a top notch, um, high quality place to come run. Bryant, it was amazing to hear your journey of putting the rim to river together. And I'm so excited to watch the race grow every year. Listeners can find out more about the Rim to River Endurance Company by liking their Facebook page and also by visiting rimtoriverendurance.com. Appalachian Startup is a bi-weekly podcast, so be sure to check back for more stories of entrepreneurship. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and support the show by grabbing a sticker from our online store at appalachianstartup.com. Review our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud as well. We are on Patreon. So you can support the show there and allow us to showcase more businesses in Appalachia. Stay tuned for more stories of underdogs on the rise.